And uh, I, w- I want us to open our Bibles this morning to the New Testament book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. And for the few moments that we have, I just want to emphasize the idea of letting our light shine. Now, this can apply in so many different ways. Uh, this can apply certainly to each one of us as individuals. I think on a, on a broader level, it applies to our family life. And then certainly to our church life. You know, every church that's planted is another lighthouse for the Lord. And Graceway Baptist Church in Sarnia is no different. Uh, they need a lighthouse for the gospel of Jesus Christ. This neighborhood needs the lighthouse that is Legacy Baptist Church. Uh, you know, my goodness, I just I woke up to the news this morning. There been a shooting in, in the neighborhood here overnight, not too far from here. And uh, people need the Lord. I'm telling you what, we, we're only here for a short time. And uh, we, we ought to desire that our lives account for something. Amen? You may have grown up singing in Sunday school the little, the little chorus, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And then we'd go on and sing, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Luke chapter 8 and verse 16. Jesus said, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid. That shall be not known and uh, be uh, not be made known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken. Even that which he seemeth to have. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let's pray, and then we'll get right into our message this morning, Father. We thank you so much for today. Thank you for Legacy Baptist Church. Thank you for the leadership that uh, Pastor Alcock and the staff here have uh, provided for this church. Thank you for the strategic uh, role that, uh, Lord, you've designed for this church and this ministry. And I pray that, Lord, in in the years to come, that you will use these people to be... Uh, Lord, a catalyst for church planting all over the GTA and, uh, Lord, southern Ontario throughout this golden horseshoe. And I pray that, Lord, you'd use individual lives that are represented here today to be a light to their families, to their workplaces, to their neighborhoods. Uh, Lord, that we would burn brightly, Lord, for you that, Heavenly Father, we would be true representations and reflections of the light of the gospel through Jesus Christ. 
And Father, I pray that today as we look at your word and as we consider this topic and the message, uh, Lord, that uh, you'd have for us, that you'd speak to each and every heart. And Lord, perhaps, and we would not take for granted that everyone here already knows you as Savior, perhaps there's uh, some that have not yet made that most important decision. And so we pray that today, Lord, you'd speak to their heart. Lord, you'd open their eyes, their spiritual understanding to, Lord, see Christ and and see what he has accomplished for them and how he died on Calvary's cross, Lord, to pay the price for their sin and to provide eternal life. And Father, for each believer, that we'd have a fresh determination to shine for you, Lord, to be the light uh, that you'd have us to be in this darkened world. And so we give you the glory for all that uh, will follow, for all that you'll do in our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The topic before us really has to do with a stewardship that you and I have. We have been given something of incredible value of eternal worth. And so God gives to us a stewardship in that. Uh, what we've received in salvation is not ours to just keep to ourselves. Uh, we need to tell others. Uh, we need to let the light of Christ shine out in this world. So the subject in, in the parable that we've read and that Jesus teaches is, is the light, and it's the light of a candlestick. Uh, in Jesus' day, that would have been uh, a lamp, usually a little clay dish uh, filled with olive oil, and it had a wick that would absorb that oil and then would would burn and uh, to provide the illumination that was needed in a household. Uh, often, of course, they didn't have uh, our uh, electrical systems of today, but that was the light in the house. And so you'd want to put that uh, little lamp on a lampstand in a prominent place where it could shed its light as, as broadly and dispel the, the shadows and the darkness in, in that home. And it needed to radiate out in all uh, directions. It provided light, warmth, a sense of safety and protection. But if you hide that light, it's useless. It's diminished from any effective sense, and it actually be extinguished altogether, as Jesus described here in the parable. And really, I want us to see today a twofold application of light in this parable. Uh, it speaks, first of all, the fact that the disciples, the Christians who hear Jesus' teachings, are to reveal them to others. Light speaks of truth. And the truth we have received needs to be heard by others. That begins with the gospel light, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the message a lost and dying world needs today. And it further refers to the testimony that's possessed by believers. In other words, the character and pattern of our life, not just our words, are to be a light to this world is to be a light that bears witness to the truth that we possess. So what I'm saying is, you can't say one thing with your lips and live another thing through your actions. Uh, they need to be consistent. 
And they need to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 5.14, Ye are the light of the world. Okay, there is a sense in which uh, we're merely reflections of the light of the Son of God. Just like the moon uh, rests up there in, in the sky. It's our only satellite here on earth that reflects the light of the sun back to earth at, at, in the evening. And the moon has no light of its own. It merely reflects the light of the sun. And so uh, there is a sense in which that's true. But further than that, you know, the light of Jesus Christ dwells within us. And it ought to emanate from us. It ought to, it ought to flow and glow and, and, and uh, illuminate not only our path, but the path of others as we make our way through, uh, through this life. And so I want us to see a few things concerning our stewardship, our, our testimony, and the truth that we possess. Uh, I want us to think, first of all, about the making of our testimony, the making of that light. Uh, the, the verse here in uh, the text in verse 16 said, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel. When he hath lighted a candle. Now, you know, a, a, a candle that burns in a hope. Someone had to light that candle. The candle didn't light itself. Are you with me? Okay. My wife loves candles. I don't know if you, you ladies are like that, but especially it comes fall time. We, we like to have those candles burning. And usually it's pumpkin spice, you know, it's apple pie, it's uh, some other uh, fallish kind of scent, and it just fills the home. But, but someone has to light the candle. Your candle and mine, our testimony, the truth that we possess, we didn't light that on our own. Are you with me? You know, God saved you, not only because he loved you, but he has a purpose for you to be a light to those who are walking in darkness by demonstrating to them the character of Jesus Christ and by verbally telling them the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Philippians 2.15, Paul said that we are to be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, that means the sons and daughters of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. So your testimony, your light, your candle is lit by God. It's a gift from God. That that candle is, first of all, a man's life. You know, we're, we're given... Uh, an amount of of life, certainly physical life, when we're born into this world. Uh, Proverbs 20.27 says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. But it's more than just our physical life. It's our Christian life. In the fullest sense, your candle's not lit until you're saved. All right? You can't be the light if you're walking in darkness. And I don't know wherever one of you are this morning, but if you've never personally trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, then before you can shine His light and His truth to others, you need to receive what Jesus Christ accomplished for you on Calvary's cross. And just in simple faith, you need to accept that Jesus died for you. He paid the ransom for your sins. And so there's, there's both faith in that, and there's repentance, right? There's turning from sin and by faith turning to 
Jesus Christ to receive Him as your Savior. And therefore, once you're saved, when I got saved as a, as a 15-year-old boy, my life no longer belonged to me. Our life, you know, the, the world likes to say, well, it's my life, I can do whatever I want with it. And in a sense, that's true. Because God has made every one of us as free moral agents. Okay? You can, you can choose how you want to live. But the problem with that is, you don't, you do not get to choose your consequence at the end of the day. <laughs> That's already been determined by God. You, you, you can choose to live however you want. But, you know, once you're saved, your life does not belong to you. You've been bought with a price. And Paul said, therefore, you need to glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. They belong to Him. It's not yours to do however you want with. Jonathan Goforth was a Canadian missionary to China. And uh, he grew up in rural southwestern Ontario near London. Uh, My wife and I have been uh, reading with Joel some missionary biographies. And Jonathan Goforth tell, tells the story of how that, um, you know, whenever people would look at his life and they'd say, wow, you've accomplished a lot for Jesus. He was always humbled. And he said he was reminded of the, of the story of the woodpecker. And the, this, the, that woodpecker story goes like this. He said there was a, there was a woodpecker one day that, that flew up into the highest part of this, this big old tree, this majestic tree. And that woodpecker from his perch, he reared back and he, and he hammered with his beak three times on the trunk of that tree. And just about that time, there came a mighty bolt of lightning out of the sky. And it split that old tree, the trunk almost right to the ground. Branches and splintered wood flew everywhere. And the woodpecker scrambled to safety on a nearby roof. And he watched the smoking embers of that tree. And as he surveyed the damage, he thought to himself, My, what power I have in three simple pecks of my beak. (laughs) That woodpecker was mistaken. And you know, that's the same mistake we make when taking any glory for the mighty works of God through our lives. Our testimony ought to be that which John the Baptist gave of the Lord Jesus Christ. He must increase, but I must decrease. You see, God gave it all to you. Your life physically and spiritually. Now, we have to take some initiative to be sure. We, we have to, if, if our candle is going to be fully lit and illuminating uh, not only uh, in our lives, but the lives of those around us. We've got to put our, our wick up to the light of Christ, don't we? Uh, but never forget that Christ is the light. I am come a light into the world, Jesus said, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Not only is your testimony made by God, but your testimony is unique to you. 
No one else has your identical testimony. You know, we, we all have that, if you're saved, you have the light of Jesus. But all of our lights shine in their own little unique way. I mean, it's, it's so neat, uh, you know. You, you put candles around your home, or maybe now, nowadays they have all these energy-efficient LEDs, and you can do some really, really neat things with LEDs, right? You can, you can, you can backlight things, and you can have all different colors, and, and uh, it's just amazing. You can have these, these tiny little lights for uh, some purposes, for, for atmosphere, and then you can have the bright lights just to illuminate things. And just like the variety that there is in lighting, so your light and mine shine in a unique, very individual way. You know, my, my testimony of salvation, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up going to church since I was in diapers. Not everybody has that testimony. You know, I went to a Christian school. I had all, all that privilege. And, 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 and the Scripture was poured into my life from an early age. But at 15 years of age, I realized that I was lost and on my way to hell without Jesus Christ. And I felt like the night that I got saved, if I didn't go forward and get saved, that maybe that was my last opportunity ever in this world to get saved. And I remember it like it was yesterday. But that's my testimony. What's yours? Yours is no less important than mine. Yours is no less special than mine. Yours is no less designed by God for a specific purpose than is mine. And so our, our own life, our testimony shines uniquely through particular experiences, gifts, and abilities that God has given us. You may have heard dozens of preachers, maybe scores of preachers in your lifetime. Every one of them is different. You know, really, it's amazing uh, how that God could use any one of us. <laughs> really, it is. But everyone is so unique and so different. And that's a good thing. One of the best definitions I ever came across of preaching is this. Preaching is truth communicated through personality. You know, if God didn't want to use personality in, in the preaching... Uh, then, you know, we could just have someone get up and in a monotone voice read the Scriptures to us. But God infused us with personality. Gave us different experiences. You know, uh, it's just put different flavor into your life than, than in my life. And uh, through that flows the truth of God's Word. And God wants to use you as well as He wants to use me, as well as He wants to use your pastor. God wants to use every one of you. God made you unique. You know, there is no point in wishing you were someone else. You ever engage in that exercise? It's pretty futile, really. Uh, and there's no point in thinking others should be just like you. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 12, where we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. 
You know, this little light of mine, it's no better than any other light on God's shelf. But it is one light. And I want to let that little light shine, don't you? Uh, the, the light that you have as an individual, saved by God's grace. The unique light and opportunities that God has given to your family. The unique opportunities that God has given this lighthouse of Legacy Baptist Church. Let that light shine in its own unique way in which God has designed it to shine. You see, God has people for you to reach that no one else can reach. God has people for me to reach that no one else can reach. And your life will touch others in a way that none other can. Your testimony, in fact, was made for a certain time and place. You ever wonder, why was I born when I was born? You know, not back in the dark ages. <laughs> you know, not back in the days of Noah. Why was I born in these, in these modern times? By the way, pray everyone that's been born thought they lived in modern times. But, uh, you know, that's a whole nother point. Okay? Uh, but you, you think of a light on a candlestick. And it's only one light. And it only shines so far in the one place that it's intended to shine. But it makes a difference where it shines. I talk about all my wife's candles, you know. I think, I think it's probably pumpkin spice she's got out on the dining room table now. And we enjoy that candle, you know, on evenings that we're home. But, you know, the thing about that candle is that that candle only burns for us. It, it doesn't burn for our neighbors, you know. It doesn't burn for anybody across town. It burns for us. It brings light and a little glow and a little happiness around uh, our table in the evenings. Why? Because that's what it's designed for. Like Queen Esther of old, we ought to consider that our testimony was made for such a time as this. Such a time as this. And folks, what a time it is. What a time it is. More people living on our globe today than have, than have ever lived. I mean, massive numbers of people congregating to the cities. Our world's becoming urbanized. And so many without the gospel of Jesus Christ. So many unhappy folks. You think if folks were happy, shootings would be taking place just around the corner? You know, you think if folks were happy, people would be looking for some escape through drugs or alcohol or uh, some kind of illicit behavior like they are today. All these things that are on the increase in our world. No, people are not happy. People are lost and they're lonely and they're undone and they're depressed and they're discouraged. And there's only one light that will make an ultimate and lasting difference, and that's the light of the gospel. He's given you a time. He's given you a unique light. 
He's given you a unique opportunity to make a difference in this world. And listen, let, let me talk, speak for a moment to, to young people. If God is putting His hand on your shoulder, if God's knocking on your heart's door, young person, and says, you know what? Uh, may, maybe you need to surrender your life to full-time Christian service. If God calls you, don't trade that opportunity for all the diamonds in the world. Don't trade it for all the riches of Wall Street. I'm telling you, jump at that opportunity and serve God. And it would be the greatest and most rewarding experience and the greatest adventure of your life. Because only this generation can reach this generation with the gospel. They're most likely friends and and neighbors and people, maybe in your family, that need the gospel explained to them today. There are whole cities and people groups around this world waiting for someone to come and explain salvation to them. You've heard the name Adoniram Judson. And how that God used that man to reach the Burmese with the gospel. But for 18 years, uh, Adoniram Judson had no furlough. And he went his first six years on the field without a convert. He endured torture and even imprisonment. And he admitted that he never saw a ship sail without wanting to jump on board and go home. Think about it. His wife's health finally broke and he put her on a homebound vessel in the knowledge he would not see her for two full years. And at that time he confided in his diary, if we could, I would find some quiet resting place on earth where we could spend the rest of our days in peace. But then Adoniram Judson added this postscript. Life is short. Millions of Burmese are perishing. I am almost the only person on earth who has attained their language in order to communicate salvation. What was Adoniram Judson saying? I've got a time. I've got a place. I've got a purpose. I have to fulfill that. I have to do what God's called me to do. Our testimony, made by God, unique, made for a certain time and place. We also see in this parable the, not only the making of our testimony, but the manifestation of it. Verse 16. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel, put it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick that they which enter in may see the light. What does that tell us? If you've got the right kind of a testimony today, if you've got a testimony of faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you've got a testimony this morning that God has worked in your life, you know, God has answered prayers for you. Maybe it'd be good just to see a few hands. How many of you say, God's answered some prayers for me? Look at that. Almost every hand up. Hallelujah. What's God done for you? So, Um, If that's true, what we're talking about is that 
that needs to be seen. The candle's light has purpose. It, 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 its only purpose is to be seen. A telemarketer called a home one day, and a, and a, a small, quiet voice answered at the end of the line and whispered, Hello? Hello? What's, what's your name? Still whispering, the voice said, Jimmy. How old are you, Jimmy? I'm four. Good. Is your mother home? Yeah, but she's busy. Okay, is your father home? He's busy too. I see. Who, who else is there? Still whispering. The police. The police? May I speak with one of them? No, they're busy. Any other grown-ups there? Yeah, the firemen are here. May I speak to one of the firemen, please? No, they're all busy. Jimmy, all those people in your home, why can't I talk with any of them? What are they doing? Jimmy whispered and said, they're looking for me. (laughs) The point I'm making is we need to be seen. You know what? We shouldn't have, have to have fire and rescue squad out looking for us. Where are those Christians missing in action? Jesus said, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So we have a stewardship with this testimony and the truth of God and his word. And that light needs to shine. That testimony needs to be seen. Let me just ask you, when's the last time that you opened up your mouth and spoke to someone about Jesus Christ? When's the last time you even pulled a gospel tract from your pocket and handed that to someone at, at the Tim Hortons drive through Or even left it on the table there with your tip at the restaurant? When's the last time someone knew... That you were a Christian. You dared to speak up for Jesus Christ. You know, we get so busy with life. And then it becomes all about us and our things. And we forget why we're really here. Why we're really here. And sometimes maybe it's just the busyness. Like the the individual in the parable who, who covered this with a vessel. The vessel speaks of a, some kind of an implement uh, or utensil that's, that's used in business, maybe even used to measure uh, things like grain or other um, <coughs> items for sale. When a, when a lamp is hidden under that vessel, it is soon smothered. Why? It's, it's starved for oxygen. And you know what we're doing? We're, we're so busy with the vessels of life, you know, carrying our, our money to and from the bank, going about our business, and we just let that busyness of life extinguish the light of our testimony. We don't have time. We're too busy to be a witness for Jesus Christ. You know, I, I was in a uh, post office in a suburb of Detroit a few weeks ago over the summer. Actually, I had uh, four uh, or five packages of books that were shipping off to their rightful owner, my son, in Las Vegas. <laughs> and uh, we've still got belongings of his at home. I'm, I'm trying to jettison all that stuff. And so uh, we, we mailed off those books. And 
while I was uh, mailing those boxes at the post office, there was an elderly lady, and, and she had a breathing apparatus in her, in her nose. And uh, she was just kind of out of breath. She sat there. And um, we kind of struck up a little bit of a conversation. And, um, you know, she said, she asked me questions about my son and what he was doing down there. And, you know, I said, well, he's a, he's a school teacher. Oh, she says, I'll pray for him. The school's today. Oh, my goodness, you know, she said. I said, well, he, he's actually teaching in a Christian school. And uh, the the students are pretty good. He loves his students and everything else. Oh, wow, that's, you know, wonderful. And, and then finally, I, I said to her before I left, I said, well, you know, you, you mentioned that you'd pray. I said, are you a, are you a Christian? Well, she says, I kind of do the best I can and kind of gave me one of those good works answers. And uh, I said, are you... Sure that if you died today, you'd be going to heaven. And she said, "Well, you know, I'm I'm really hoping because I'm doing the best I can." I, she says, "I'm going through a rough time." This this lady was close to 80 years old in, in her late 70s. She says, "I'm going through a divorce." And I, and I said to that dear lady, I said, "You know," she she said, "I'm looking for peace." I said, you, you sit right there. I didn't have a track right on me. I said, I got something in, in the, the car out there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get that for you, and I want, I want you to read. So I, I went out and got a couple of gospel tracts for her. In fact, they were Legacy Baptists. Actually, they were Mississauga International Baptist Church tracts is what they were. <laughs> and um, I, I gave those to her, and I said, you know, you're, you're going to read here in these tracts about the only source of peace through Jesus Christ and explain the gospel to her. She thanked me for them and, and I left. Now, you know, you, we have opportunities that come up all the time. Let, let's, let's not be afraid. Let's not be ashamed to open our mouths for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's not be too busy to do that. Amen? You know, the, the other excuse could be laziness, right? When it's hidden under a bed. It's a wrong place again for the light of the candle. Uh, and maybe it speaks to those that don't want to be bothered by the, the effort that it takes to keep a lamp trimmed and burning bright. You know what? I'll guarantee you this. If you're not in the Word of God on a daily basis, and you're not spending regular time in prayer, and developing that relationship with God, you know, your light's not going to burn so bright. And sometimes it's just a matter of laziness not to spend that time with God. Maybe it is some look at it and say, well, you know, if, if I'm going to go and, and share the gospel... If I'm really going to let my light shine, then there's inconvenience involved. There's difficulty with that. There's sometimes some, some sacrifice. Maybe the ultimate people think to, to actually serve God with my life, to become a vocational servant of God, to make that my, to, to surrender to that and say that's my life's calling. Well, there's just too much sacrifice involved. 
And I'm saying that the candle remains hidden under the bed. That testimony that we have for Jesus Christ needs to be seen. It needs to be manifest. Why is that? Because God will use it in unusual ways to motivate others. God will use it to really to make a difference. They, it says that the, the candle, the, the, the lamp is put on a candlestick that they which enter in may see the light. We're talking about the incredible power of influence. By the way, everyone has influence. Everyone has influence. The only question is, is your influence for the right or is it for the wrong? Is it for that which is good and righteous and just? Or is it for that which is wicked and unjust? Is your influence for God? Or is it for self? Is it for the world? Disobedience influences others to further disobedience. You know, we, we all like to talk about the, the rotten apple in the basket, right? And how just it ruins the whole basket full of apples. Well, that's the way it works. And on the good side, obedience influences others to further obedience. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How's the world going to taste and see and understand in any way, shape, or form that God is good unless we let our light shine? The Bible says, none of us liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. Let's exercise our testimony for the right things, including the manifestation of the truth. Jesus said in verse 17, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be made known and come abroad. Listen, we're we're talking about the truth of Jesus Christ here. The truth is the truth. There is only one truth, and it's God's truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. And the, and the life. There is a day when that truth will be made known in every man's life. Unfortunately, for some, it will be too late. There's coming a day, Paul spoke of in Romans chapter 2, verse 16, in which God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. Okay, everybody's going to hear the gospel. Everybody's going to hear the gospel. You say, oh, you know, I might offend someone. Wouldn't it be better to offend someone now than to think that their first hearing of the gospel would be at the judgment seat of Christ? Wouldn't it be better to risk a little inconvenience, get a little bit out of our comfort zone and say, look, you know, I'm just sharing in love. I'm, you know, I'm just a messenger. But I want you to know that Jesus died for you. I want you to know that there is a better way than just living for yourself. Accumulating what you can of this world's good and then dying at the end of the day anyway, leaving it all behind and having no hope, no certainty for a life to come and no hope, no peace, no contentment really in this life. There is a better way. And that better way is Jesus Christ. That better way 
is knowing that your sins are forgiven. That better way is knowing God's love and God's grace and His mercy in a personal way in your life. Oh, listen, that's what our testimony is made for. So we, we have looked at the, the manifestation of our testimony this morning. We have seen the making of it and how it belongs to God. And in closing, I just want us to think for a moment about the multiplication of your testimony. Good or bad, what your testimony sort of leads to. Look at verse 18. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. This verse explains the serious results of our stewardship of these things, the truths of the gospel, our testimony. And we can say this principle simply stated is use it or lose it. It's not to be taken for granted. We've got to be careful what we do with what we hear, what we do with what we possess, what we do with that which we've been entrusted. Now, you know, there, there's people here this morning that might say, well, you know what? I don't have all the theological training that, that Pastor Alcock has. You know, I'm not day and night in the Bible like some people are. Yeah, but you know what? If, if you're even here this morning, I don't, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's the first time you've been in church or at this church. Or maybe it is you've been here hundreds of Sundays. But you're accountable for everything you hear. You've got a, you've got a Bible in your possession. You've read that. You're, you're accountable for that. And there's, there's two corollary truths here uh, in this regard. The first one, really, I, I would say, involves a successful testimony. For, for the way it's put here, it says, Whosoever hath, to him shall be given. In other words, those that listen, take heed to, and put in practice the Word of God, the Lord's teaching in their life, will gain further understanding. It's like the proverb says, The path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. You say, I don't have a a seminary education. I don't have this great big Bible education. No, but what do you have? Okay, so walk in that light. Just absorb what God's given you. And say, oh boy, you know what? I'm going to love that. I'm going to immerse myself in that what God has given me. And then God gives you a desire for more. And then you're able to reach out and you're able to learn more. And you walk in that. And you grow more and more. That's, that's the way it is. That's the path of the believer. You know, there, there's not one that's attained everything we ought to attain. But by God's grace, we can learn and we can grow day by day. The biggest room in the world, my dad used to say, is a room for improvement. Well, you know what? That's true spiritually, too. And light begets more light. The longer you shine for Jesus Christ, I believe the brighter you will shine. 
That's why I used to love to sit and listen to men like Bill Hiltz. Okay? Not, not because maybe he, he was the most dynamic speaker that ever spoke. But when I listened to Dr. Hiltz, I thought there's 70 or 80 years of experience speaking. And was like, man, give me some of that. I love that. I, I love the, I love the depth. I love the, uh, what God's done in his life, the experience, and after all those years of faithfully serving the Lord, the humility. Oh, those things are invaluable. And the brighter and the longer you shine, guess what? The more the lives around you will be touched. You think, well, I'm not making much of a difference. Think again. Think again. Oh, you can make a difference. You can stand in that gap. You can let your little light shine. And as you do that faithfully, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to finish well, don't we? That's the successful testimony. But on the other hand, there's a squandered testimony. For him, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. The ones that would not listen. Jesus saying they're going to even lose the understanding of that they might have had or thought they had. They'll digress instead of progress in spiritual growth and knowledge. It's just another way when we look at these two sides of it, a successful life or a squandered life, to say in the spiritual life and in our testimony, there's no such thing as standing still. You're either... Moving forward or you're moving backward. You're either progressing or you're regressing. And so many times I've seen this over the years. Christians end up outside the church. Not that the church is the measure of your spirituality. Often it's just a symptom of something that's going on inside the life. They get out of the church. They get away from God, sometimes for years. And it seems they lose so much of what they once had. It's sad. That's what the Lord is warning us about here. Oh, this little light of mine. Listen, I, I want to I let that light shine. I, I no longer have the physical strength of my youth. That's why God gave me a big, burly, 13-year-old kid named Joel who's now looking me in the eye, right? And he's going to be around to shovel my driveway for a few more years. He's going to be around to help move heavy things. Um, I don't have the physical strength in my youth. One day, it's likely I could lose the intellectual strength of my best years. And the reality is that I only have so many years to serve God. Just a few. You know? That 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 allotment of years is shrinking. Every day. I want every one of those days to count for Jesus. I hope you do too. Maybe you're laboring faithfully. You're letting your light shine. And it just gets a little discouraging at times because you think, boy, where, uh, <laughs> where are the others? 
I want others to be a part of that too. Don't be discouraged. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says that we're to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. For your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You nor I know how long our light has yet to shine, but don't hide it even for a moment. Let every moment count. Let every bit of testimony just pour forth, radiate from your life. The joy of Jesus Christ. Listen, if God's done something for you, don't wait to be asked about it. Share it. Let others know what a great God you serve. What a wonderful Savior you have. And an amazing salvation that you've been granted. Let's pray.